This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Good day to you. Today is Friday, and uh, my name's Michael, and with me is Matt. We both happen to be pastors here at the Village Church on the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to make disciples to go, grow, and overcome. Awesome. All right, good. So down with the sarcasm, now back to reality. (laughs) Matt and I are privileged to be with you today. Yes. The question is a great one because, I'm going to just tell you why I think this is great, because it has to do with sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus with people who who were not believers. And yet the majority of Christians that I know feel ill-equipped to do so. And even in their process of doing it, it just gets so convoluted in their brain. And then they end up feeling like they're looked dumb. Sure. So here's what we want to do. Here's a question. And then Matt, you get to just give some really practical, helpful, tangible advice to people. How should I approach sharing the gospel with unbelievers? What do you say? I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind with that is accurately. You've got to make sure that you accurately represent what the word of God teaches as far as the gospel. As far as the gospel. Well, as not as, everything. As far as everything. But I'm saying in this context, particularly, if you're going to try to articulate the gospel or try to share that with someone, it's got to be done accurately. It's got to be consistent with the word because what good is it if you lead a man to a false truth? Okay, so let me me poke. I agree with what you're saying. I'm just going to go a little deeper, okay? What are the bare minimum things someone needs to believe in order to be saved, not in order to grow, not in order to be mature, not whatever. Yeah. The bare minimum, like a four-year-old. Okay. Yeah. My son X. Yeah. Do you believe this? Yes, dad. Doesn't have to mean he understands it all. Sure. Just bare minimum. Yeah. From a personal setting, you'd say, I'm a sinner. God is holy. He sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life. Then he willingly died on the cross for our sins. When he died on the cross, God put the punishment that we deserved on his own son. And then the validation of the acceptable nature of that sacrifice is in the resurrection. You can't leave out the resurrection. Gotta believe it. Because the resurrection is what validates everything else and is the hope for all of us coming out of that. Do I have to have like um, all my life together? Do I have to like be living a holy life? Do I have to? That all comes as the spirit works in you. No, by all okay. means, we come as broken yep. sinners and, and then the sanctification process starts and he, as we're new creations in him, he yep. works those things. Do I have to agree with evangelicals on every jot and tittle of doctrine and life and practice the day I come to Christ? No, I don't think any of us did. Right. Good. <laughs> I think the basic thing is explaining and and acknowledging the reality of being a sinner who can't be reconciled to a holy God. So God made a way through his son, Jesus. Jesus went to the lived a perfect life, died a sinless death in our place, took on that penalty, and then rose again. Awesome. That's the bare essentials, I would say. I mean, the Bible is very clear. If if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's like pretty straight, awesome, yeah. simple. That's basically it. And in that sentence are assumed doctrines. For Sin sure. is assumed. The nature of that God is God is created. It's God. You know, like all that is assumed. God's a creator, whatever. Yep. So if you look at somebody and do just say, do you believe that Jesus is God? Lord, that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
believe that God raised him from the dead. Yeah. I mean, in the resurrection, you're believing in the, re- if you believe in the resurrection, you believe in the atoning sacrifice. Yeah. It's like the two go hand in hand. And we do have to clarify, belief is not intellectual acknowledgement, but trust. actual trust. Yep. Right. Not by works. Yeah. That'd be an important one because I do think in this culture, if you're going to accurately share it, the vast majority of people who aren't Christians believe that good people go to heaven and bad people go to heaven. Yeah. And their understanding of goodness is relatively good people. I do mostly good things. My good outweighs my bad. Doesn't make you good. Good yep. is perfect in righteousness. Yep. So by accurate, I think some people may hear, it's the perfect word, but some people may hear, I have to be really, really precise about every little jot and tittle and nuance. Sure. Yeah, that was good to clarify some of that. In and there. I'm good if my, my four-year-old just needs to know that he's not okay with God. Mm. And that God provided that remedy. Yep. Through Jesus. Yep. And, and I do think there's like, even us, like we've, we're pastors, we go to school and all the stuff, Bible school and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So like we have only tapped, I mean, the very surface of oh, the yeah. treasures of God's grace. Oh man. You know what I mean? And so like if a certain requisite knowledge and depth of understanding of sin is required for salvation, well, you and I fall massively short of understanding the depth of our own sin. Yeah. So one of the things when we say accurately, like, um, I really, I really appreciate the word. I just think for a lot of people in their brains, they need to make that word a lot more simple than they are making it. Sure. For what it's that worth. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I would say accurately is, as we've just clarified what that means, mm-hmm. got to teach them the truth. They've got to know the actual gospel so they can believe yeah. in the reality of what it is, work of Christ. And then I would say lovingly, that goes without saying, I would think. I mean, you can't really accurately represent it without the love of God yeah. and your love for that person, if they don't sense that you're coming at them from a place of love, aside from the Holy Spirit completely, which ultimately we're all contingent upon the Holy Spirit making that work. But if it's not said in love, then then it's empty. Yep. You're a noisy gong and a clinging symbol if yeah. you have not love. So uh, it's got to be shared lovingly. And then I would say a third one is strategically. Mm. You have to be strategic in how you do it. And, and you could kind of say strategically or discerningly. Know when the Spirit's prompting you to open your mouth and and pray that the Spirit gives you the words to say. And timing is so important with this stuff, you know, with with anything, any conversation that you're going to have. But, you know, I've been in so many situations where I've sensed this is clearly, this this door is open to share this reality right now. And so quick prayer in my head, Lord, speak through me and give me the words in this dialogue. Yep. And, uh, He's so gracious that oftentimes, whether the person makes a decision for Christ in that moment or not, that's that's not up to us. And that's one thing that's really freeing. Um, but ultimately, he'll give the words. And a lot of times, those conversations have, have been really meaningful and impactful, even for me to hear the heart of an unbeliever in the midst of that and being able to hear some of their reasons for not choosing to believe and, and rejecting the truth. Yep. Here's an interesting question. Uh, is the Holy Spirit going to prompt you to share the gospel always? Like at every moment. You could kind of say yes and no. Like what, it depends on what you mean by a prompt. Like do this now, do this now. No, it won't be that. And I think there are times where like, if you just meet someone for the first time, I wouldn't like when I moved in, I didn't go up to my neighbors and say, Romans road, man, Romans road, you know, let me explain this, you know, building that relationship. And that's part of being strategic in the process and and discerning that you can discern when the spirit is like opening that door for a conversation. But I also think being ready is clearly biblical thing, being Mm -hmm. ready to um, give 
a reason for the hope that we have. Yep. Give a response for the Because you don't know when the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you. Totally. But the Apostle Paul didn't share the gospel at every moment. He waited for opportune moments. He's sitting before a king, and he he's actually really smart, so he's strategically setting up opportunities to, at the right moment, share the gospel. Daniel, it's interesting, Daniel's 80 years old, and he waits. He literally works for pagan kings, mm-hmm. and he waits until the right moments to tell them the truth about who God is. Yeah, And he lets God open up these massive doors. He could have walked into the king every day and been like, here's the truth about Yahweh, submit mm-hmm. under, you know, and and uh, Daniel was able to lead enchanters and magicians and Chaldeans when, I mean, literally lead them well and not have to ramrod the word of God down their throat every day. It's a pretty strategic, you know, and yeah. then there are moments, there are some people where God is just, he's going to ask you to do that, but there are culturally acceptable ways and appropriate things and times to do things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do think it, it bodes well for us to pay attention to those yeah. cultural nuances. So for example, Billy Graham could go do crusades in the fifties and sixties and tons and tons of people go to them. It was a different cultural day. Now the crusades are, there are less crusades. We'll say this. Sure. And the ones that they do have happen a couple times a year. And there's, there's still not as the amount of people who are going to these, it's just different, you know? Yeah. Or the guy with the bullhorn preacher who gets up, like that was actually way more culturally acceptable in Paul's day. And even like in different continents and places, like that's a more acceptable approach in our day and time. It's actually seen as unloving, judgmental and condemning. Sure. And so there, like, there are things that we have used, we used to do that we don't do anymore. And uh, it's not because we're afraid. It's because um, we also want to be loving as we do it. And that's yeah. why I think your strategy facilitates either graceless or gracious yeah. gospel presentations uh, in terms of how you do it. Uh, Ville Church doesn't go out every day with a bullhorn in the, mm-hmm. in the city of Bartlett. No, we go love and serve the city of Bartlett the best we can yeah. with our, our resources. And then all those relationships we talk about. Now, an evangelist might say, that's weak sauce. You don't have time. Well, um, okay. You're going to tick a lot of people off and make a lot of people angry at Christians unnecessarily. And it's interesting, too, because even when the guy with the bullhorn on the street corner or whatever, maybe they, I've seen it. I was at a conference in Charlotte and this guy, we could hear him from a distance. We could hear someone. we, We figured it was probably a street evangelist. We turned the corner and there he was in the street corner. And we're listening to him and I'm like, man, he's affirming the love of God for people. But with this bullhorn, there's like an instantaneous, this guy's judging. And he wasn't like, I actually, as we walked past, I said, Hey bro, yeah. you know, we're, we're covered by the blood of Christ. And, and you could tell he was a, a loving guy, but you wouldn't get yep. that. That's like me going up to my neighbor naked and saying, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. Cause I'm, the words that I'm saying are accurate. It's like, right. sometimes I can't hear the words that are coming out of your mouth because yeah. you're naked, you know? Yeah. And that's what a bullhorn is like a bullhorn. Yeah is such a culturally offensive thing now for preachers Yeah, that if you do that, there's no difference. You're just as offensive as they're not going to listen to you. They're, all they're going to remember is this dude came Someone's to my house talking about religion. Yep. He's naked. That's the story they're going to tell. Sure. Yeah. And I, so it was just interesting because I, as I'm listening, I'm like, wow, he's actually articulating the truth of the gospel, but my guards were instantly up and I'm instantly thinking because of the bull and I'm a believer. So just think about an unbeliever in that context who's busy going about their not day. Much more. And, yeah. So, it, it is interesting, and that's where the strategy comes into play. The strategic nature of it is knowing what's going to engage our culture the best. Uh, you don't obviously change the message. Again, yep. it's got to be accurate. It's got to be true to the word. But your methodology has to be considered when you're trying to engage someone uh, in, in a Good. conversation like that. So three words. Accurately, great word. Lovingly, great word. Strategically, great word. Uh, I think some people use um, strategy as an excuse for their fear. Mm. And uh, I think 
there's going to come a time and the spirit will make it clear. Like there should be a willingness, as you said it, perfect, a readiness. Well, cause you quoted scripture. That's why it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. A readiness when the Holy Spirit asks you to, but, but that is also preempted by, I'm going to try to be accurate and simple. I'm going to be loving and gracious and I'm going to be strategic. And some, the best strategy is the Holy Spirit strategy. So when yeah, the Holy Spirit says, it? Hey, it's time to start a conversation. Yeah. You get some buddies to pray for you. You go do it. You jump in. And, yeah. But I love those three words. I think those three words are perfect. And uh, if every believer arm themselves with a simple, accurate gospel, a loving and gracious heart, and a strategic plan that is led by the Holy Spirit, yeah. um, we can do a lot of damage and, and for the kingdom of God. Yeah. One little thing to remember, we kind of touched base on it, but I just want to reiterate that the reality is that it's the Holy Spirit who brings about conversion. So I want to say this for the person who asked the question about approaching sharing the gospel. Just know that you could approach them accurately, lovingly, and strategically, mm -hmm. but ultimately the responsibility of them coming to saving faith in, in Christ, that's not on you. Mm -hmm. So don't bear the weight of that. Be obedient to what the Lord calls you to do in that relationship or in, in, in any relationship, in any context like that. But just know for all of our listeners, mm. it's just like Paul writes, you know, I watered. Uh, or I planted, Apollos watered, but it's God who causes all things to grow. Amen. So the growth of the seed that you're planting is not in your hands. You can't make it grow. You can't force someone to see the truth. Yep. Um, all you can do is is strive to represent Christ well and, and mm. accurately, lovingly, yep. and strategically communicate that and then leave the response and the result in the hands of the Lord. Amen. But be faithful to pray for that person too. Yeah. You know, pray that the Lord will, if he's willing, open that door and cause that seed to grow into something more in that person's life. We're done, dude. Well, Matt, we've had five days of you. Guess who's coming next week? Uh, Craig Jervis. Craig Jervis. Pastor Craig Jervis. Best head of hair of all the pastors oh on staff. Oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. Uh, Pastor Craig Jarvis is going to be here. He's going to be answering questions. For example, why does Satan want to hurt us? What is God's reaction when faith is lost generationally? Like when your kids and grandkids um, lose faith. So come back on Monday. Pastor Craig will be with us. And Matt, thanks again. Appreciate you a ton. Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah, if you have more questions for Matt, bring them in, designate them for him, and then we'll have him back to answer more of your questions. Thank you, and we'll see you Monday. Yeah.